Hey, Olive Branch, still working through this cross-training series, and in this final message, I'm excited to present to you guys uh, my friend and a mentor of mine, an elder here at Olive Branch, Dave Vaughn. He's going to be bringing you an awesome message here. Would you welcome him as he brings that to you? Thanks, guys. Good morning. Uh, before we start, I see the youth are already leaving. We'll dismiss the youth for that, but... Um, they're already out of the building before we even start. Um, what a blessing. What a, what a joy, what an honor to be able to, uh, to fellowship, to worship, to be in God's word um, every week. And uh, sometimes we stop and think about that, just what a blessing that is, that sometimes we can take that for granted. But um, I do have to tell you before we get started, you know the, the phrase, and not everyone will, especially the younger people in here won't adjust to this, but... Uh, the phrase that you know you're getting old when? Well, yours truly is, that, that phrase is becoming more real to me with each passing week and month. That, uh, that short answer that's got that, that line at the end, you know, you, you know you're getting old when? Well, each week that passes, the number of answers that fill into that gap are increasing immensely. So I could be up here all day just talking to you how, that, how that's going. But um, give you an example before we start. Um, I had called Jean earlier uh, in the week as I had prepared the message, and I told her, uh, you know, I have the message on my pad. I'll get it to you right away. Uh, no problem. We worked that out. A couple days later, I showed up at the office with my pad, and uh, only to find out that, that my pad and iPad is two different things. But I, I had joined the 21st century, slow in coming, but I, I discovered a thing called Word that you can actually transfer it over onto paper, and it works it works great. So I'm, I'm in great shape, right? 21st century, here we go. Man of the, man of the times. But uh, it, it's interesting, as I was preparing the message and thinking about um, what God would put upon my heart, uh, it's very humbling to realize that it's already made, that God already knows. And for all of us, in all those things, that he already knows. And sometimes we lose sight of that too, that, oh, Lord, forgive me. I, I'm angst about this or I'm upset about that and I realize you're, you already have it. You already, you've already set the, set the way, Lord. And in, in thinking about that, you know, in preparing that uh, message that God will often, and not just for the message, but all things, that God will put upon our hearts something we've read. He will put upon our hearts something that we've seen or just a thought that comes into being. And we won't think much of it, just like, wow, that was a great thought, or thank you, Lord, for sharing that word with me today. And we move on about our business. We go into the day, and it might be a day, a week, a month, any amount of time, and all of a sudden, God reveals that same thought, maybe through a different experience, maybe through a different setting. And suddenly, when it gets applied into this new setting, and we know this phrase, I know that I know. I know that I know. I need no proof for the existence of God. What just transpired in my heart? What just took place? I know. I believe. And the joy of that is that all of us in here get to share that week in and week out. That the closer we draw to the Lord, the more we are about being in his word, the more we are connected with him in prayer, the more we make relationship with him, he goes out of his way to draw near to us. And suddenly miraculous things happen, and to our surprise... 
and yet we're not surprised. Um, just the beginning of the month in July, Sharmila, my wife, and I had the, had the great joy of having our grandsons. We're, we're fairly new at this, but four and a half and two and a half. Oh, great ages. Oh, my gosh. But we had the joy of having Jason Ian come to Grandma and Papa's house for four days and four wondrous nights. <laughs> and um, we did all of what grandparents do. You know, we went out and we bought the right food and we did everything we were supposed to do. And Suni, bless her heart, gave us, you know, here's what the boys are eating. And we made sure of that. But grandparents being grandparents, right? We made sure to have lots of Grandma's popcorn and lots of Grandma's hot cocoa because one of the things that happens when you come to Grandma and Papa's house is you get to uh, watch a movie, which we pick out and have popcorn and hot cocoa in the living room, which is like, wow, that's a big deal. And uh, so we were in preparation for that. Just, you know, can't wait for them to come. And uh, I'm going to go back to Home Depot and, and thank this woman. There's a lady at Home Depot. I don't know her name. I have to go back over there. She, she put in my possession enough cardboard to build an entire house. Um, so we have this Mickey Mouse clubhouse in the garage, uh, which was all set up for the boys. And, and as you might expect, they arrived, and uh, just the first day was, thank you, Lord, you know, uh, favorite books, favorite popcorn, everything. And we're at Grandma and Papa's, and we were in seventh heaven. But um, that first evening, somewhere in the middle of the night, uh, Ian came down with, he's got this ongoing congestion and he came down with a bout of it and had his fever go up and all of this, that, and the other. Well, men probably can't relate to this too much. I certainly can't. Moms and grandmas, you guys, it'll be the bobblehead dolls because you're just like, yeah, absolutely. Sharmila sleeps with one eye open and one ear open whenever the kids are around. And that's just inborn that she just does that, right? So she was up attending to Ian before he even awoke to realize he was sick. That's how quick Charmila is, right? And I, being the good grandfather, I'm lying in bed, right? But somewhere in the middle of the night, one, two, I don't even know what time it was, but it was the middle of the night, I awakened uh, and kind of blurry-eyed because I was having a good sleep, but I saw my wife walking down the hallway back and forth, going into the restroom and getting washcloths and getting cool water on them. And she was going into Ian's room and putting that on his forehead and rubbing him and soothing him and eventually ended up sleeping right next to him uh, so that if he woke up during the night she could attend to him again well I love my wife and I see her do incredible things all the time but for some reason what I saw that evening just filled my heart beyond understanding because in the middle of the night I mean, no one's watching, no one's doing anything. We're not building cardboard houses, we're not. She is up and attending to our grandson and doing everything in her power to make sure he's okay. And I thought, there, there is a heart right there. Oh, Lord, I know what you're talking about. There's a heart that moves mountains. That, that heart right there moved that mountain. Because at, the, at that moment, her, what she was doing moved me to a whole new understanding and I thought, I see what's taking place. But there's something else inside of what I'm seeing that is changing how I feel about things. And I was so moved. 
And, and, I, and I thought about that, um, even with the message we're talking about today, with the serving, is that God does that. He lets us see things. He plants things in us. And then he waits until just the right time for us to fully take it in and understand that only God could be doing that. Only God could be putting that on our hearts. Now, you knew that this was going to happen because I can't get up here for 40 minutes without showing you a picture of at least one of them. (laughs) So, somewhere up here about to happen, ah, the defense rests. (laughs) My brother told me that when I became a grandfather that it would be whatever they want and that I will be turned beyond. Well, that's exactly what happened. But I want, I want to say something about, about him in that, in that fireman suit because you're going to see some other pictures popping up here of some other people doing some things. Little ones, policemen, firemen, they want to be that, right? I want to be a fireman, Papa. I want to wear the clothes. I want, to, I want to be a policeman, Papa. I want to do what that doctor does minus the shots. I don't want to deal with that stuff. But, oh, yeah. And we look at that and we go, isn't that precious? And then as we grow older and we continue in our journey, we see people in uniform. We see policemen. We see firemen. We see soldiers. We see all kinds of people dressed. But we have a different seeing. We see that just like the children do, just like my grandson sees. But something happens in here. Something happens in here because as we see that, it's like me looking at Sharmila the other night. Something happens in here. I become changed because what I'm witnessing is something that draws me closer to something that I may not even be able to identify. I'm not sure what that is, but I feel drawn to this person and what they're doing. I feel drawn to be desiring of what they are about. Excuse me, young lady, but what is it that you do that makes that little girl look like that and want to be with you? I like that. I am drawn to that but I can't put my finger on it. Is it their commitment? Is it their strength? Is it their preparation? Is it their uniform? What is it about all these different people that we see? My grandson sees it, but he sees it different. He just wants to wear the uniform. What is that? And suddenly we start thinking of things. Somebody even in a congregation could say, oh, All those people are servants. That's what that is. All those people that you're talking about are people that devote their life to someone other than themselves. A fireman coming out of the building with a child. He's devoted maybe his life. Oh, that's what it is. They're serving something other than themselves. But if you just pause right there for a minute and go, well, where does that come from? Why are we all drawn to that? Why do we all have that same feeling when we see those pictures, when we see the news or whatever, and we go, we all feel the same way? There's something more than just us seeing it. The feeling is there. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at, Lord, is that of you? What is going on here that you've put that in our hearts? What is that stirring What does that connect? We see the servants, 
But what is it? Before we go there, I'd like to just open us in prayer real quick and then we'll get started. Dear Lord God, thank you so much for this opportunity this morning that we can meet, Lord, that we can be in your word. And I just ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts, open our our ears, our eyes, Lord, whatever, that each and every one of us would hear individually what you want us to hear, what you want us to be about, Lord. We thank you for that and we just give this time to you. Amen. Okay, if we're going to, first of all, hear what God has to say, and and there's something amazing here. I want to throw this out. It's not only that God has something to say about this, but here's the life-transforming thought. God also has something to reveal to us that he wants each and every one of us to impart, to take in, to leave here today with that realization. Because we don't always take in that part that he's trying to reveal to us for a variety of reasons. And I want to explore that today. I want to explore, God, what do you want us to know? What do you want us to know? So we're going to look at Matthew 20 first. Just take a look at a couple of verses here and see what God has to say about this idea of serving and whatever those feelings are. Um, If you have your Bible, we're at Matthew 20, verse 26 to 28. If not, we have some Bibles under the chairs, and I believe that's on page 825. And I think this is real interesting here because, again, it shows God at work. We have the disciples, and all we got to do is say disciples. Oh, wow, they get, we'll put them in the front row here. The disciples are here. Front row. Well, Christ already sees that. He already knows that in their hearts and minds there's a little bit of that going on. Hey, Lord, so do I get to sit next to you? Do I get to be, you know, am I in the inner, inner circle? And as much as we'd like to think, well, disciples would never think such a thing, then we go, wait a minute, they're human. They're just like us. They're just like us. So guess what? They did the same thing we would do. So where, where am I at? Lord, am I number 12 and 10? Are we going to... Whatever. God already knows that. He already reads. And he has one thing to say about what he knows they're thinking about. It is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. He's pretty clear here. Hey, guys, I know what you're thinking. I got one thing. Put it all aside. I need you to be a servant. That's it. No, but what? No, I need you to be a servant. And I love it because you look back at 26. But whoever wishes to become great, oh, don't we all? In some way, some fashion. Whoever of us wish to be great in however you want to define it, shall be your servant. So, so, Lord, what else? No, that's it. I need you to be servants. Now we can move on. That's it? I need you to be servants. It's very powerful, and I love this because not only did he express that to us, we know that story. What was Christ while he walked the earth? A servant of us in ways beyond, whether it's with the lepers 
whether it's washing disciples' feet, whatever he's doing, it's like now there is a servant. And what is God asking of us? All I need you to do, if you want to follow me, if you want to be a part of what we're about, just be a servant. Okay, so that's clear. Let's take a look at Philippians real quick. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 7. That's page uh, 980 in in the books under the seats. Here's Paul talking. He says, oh, you want to be Christ-like? And here's what Paul says. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. Oh, gosh, Paul, you're talking about the same thing here. You're talking about what God's doing is he's the model of being a servant. And I love that about the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to just do it. I'm going to model it, so all you got to do is just follow me. I'm going to model what you need to do. Well, that's pretty easy, but there's not a big long list here. And we look at that, if you look at verse 2 above that, and here's where the Lord, and, and again, I invite you to read any and all times that you can because God has so many things to tell us in his word. He speaks to us other ways, definitely. But his word, look at verse 2. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. You know what God's saying here? I need you to not only be a servant, I want you to have the mind and heart of a servant. The mind and heart of a servant. We could all, I'll go, I'll go work VBS. I'll go work VBS. I'll do James Project. I'll drive over and whatever we're going to do. We could do all kinds of things, right? God's going, ah, oh, that's awesome. That's a huge first step. The other part of that is, is what Paul's talking about here is mind and heart. I wonder if that's something that gets developed as we are obedient. I wonder if that's something that becomes greater as we are willing. Remember, this is the creator of all things, God Almighty, saying, this is what I will do. Hmm, amazing. Lord God making this promise. He's given us a hint here. Be a servant. If you want to be Christ-like, be like Christ. Got it. Be a servant, just as I am. Be a servant. Okay, Lord, we can do that. Now, go back to those traits. We could make a long list. Oh, yeah, those people we saw. Oh, my gosh. Selfless, humble, caring for others. The list, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you again, where do those come from? Do you and I make them? Do I will myself into that? Starting tomorrow, I am going to be humble. I'm going to be the most humble guy in this world. And I'm going to work on it, and I'm going to be that. I'm going to, be, I'm going to have inner strength. I'm going to be compassionate. I'm... Can I do that? What if God gave us that opportunity? What if God came to you and said, You know what? I like your thinking. I'm going to let you design your body, and your character. Go for it. Are you kidding me? 
Really? I get to equip my body? I get to equip my character? Okay, Lord, I got it. No more instructions needed. First thing I'm going to do, I am going to equip the top of my head with more hair. I'm going to load it up. It's going to be 70s. Here we go again. Wow, Dave's got a lot of hair. I may also give myself a little more tone to the muscles, getting, you know, 63, starting to droop and sag ears and all of that, right? And it's like, yeah, I want to do that too. And uh, let's see, what else could I do? Oh, okay, well, we took care of all those things. Oh, yeah, I get to do inner things. Awesome. You mean those qualities? That, oh, yeah. Now, let's be honest, though. If I get to design my character traits, I wonder how many of them will give me an advantage. I wonder how many of them will make me look good. I wonder how many, if I'm designing them now, I wonder how many of them will be to my favor, just, even just a little bit. I'll put in some humility, and I'll put, but not too much. I mean, I want to be, you know, wow, Dave. Or let God do it. Now, as crazy as that may sound, you think about that for a minute. What do we try to do day in and day out? We try to create all this about who, how do, how do you want to be perceived? How do you want to be looked? Hey, Dave. And I'm going to try to create that. Wow, good luck, Dave. You're going to spend a lifetime trying to do that. Or God, the creator of the universe for all eternity, says, if you will let me come into you, I will design and equip you with everything you need, not only to serve my kingdom and glorify me, but I might throw in some blessings here. Now you start weighing that. What in the world am I thinking? Why in the world would I ever want to do it my way? Lord, it's yours. It's completely yours. I want you to do all of it. Hebrews 13.21, if you look at that real quick, he's reminding us just that. I will equip you in every good thing to do his will working in us, that which is pleasing in his sight. If that was allowed to sink in at all, in my head when I'm thinking, God, the creator of all things, has asked to be able to come into me and he will equip me with anything and everything I would ever need to fulfill everything, glorify his kingdom. I don't think I want to spend too much time thinking about whether that's a good thing or not. I want to jump on that bandwagon. But what about if we looked a little further. We're going to take just a moment, not too much time, but I want to look back in Matthew. I want to look at the Sermon on the Mount for just a minute in an area called the Beatitudes. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 5, and they're going to be behind us, so you don't even have to open anything up. This is an amazing thing here. Most of us, in one way or the other, know about the Sermon on the Mount. We've either read all of it, we've read part of it, we've seen it in the movie, we've watched the documentary. Oh, Sermon on the Mount, yeah. God, creator of all things, is standing before a multitude of people. Short synopsis here, but what is he doing? He's giving the blueprint for eternal life. The blueprint for eternal life. You're all welcome to come. Cost of admission? Zero. It's like the professor at the college going, you know, first day of class, I'll give you the answers to all my tests and then come back and enjoy the class. It's like, whoa, 
the Lord is saying, I'm going to lay it all out. I'm going to define you for what is, explain what you can do and what you can't do in the sense of, wow, don't struggle. I'm here to give you a free gift. Wow. I always think of that, putting it into the comparison, the perspective of us today. I think my, my, my brother-in-law was telling me about the uh, World, World Cup. He had, a, had some friends, I don't know who, I've never met them, I, I wish I did, they had some money, but they had flown to the World Cup. I was like, oh gosh, um, I can't get a ticket to Colton, much less the World Cup, and, right? But it's like, wow, that's, that's an amazing thing. And he says, you won't believe what they told me. To get a seat down on the feet, you know, you want one of those rows that's right there where you can see, whoa, $14,000 per seat. Now, world soccer was cool, enjoyed watching it. Two hours of soccer, $14,000. Stand, sit, or lie down on a hillside and have the creator of all things give you the blueprint for eternal life and happiness and joy and fulfillment. And the cost is zero. Every day, the cost is zero. Oh, Lord, let me get my priorities adjusted here so that I put you in the proper place of where you are. I want to mention just a couple of these up here. And we'll do the switch to the Greek so that we can go, oh, why some people look at that and go, oh, I don't think I want to be a servant. I don't think I want to be a believer. Remember, God is telling them, if you want to be a believer, if you want to be a servant of me, you must serve my children. You must serve my people. That's first and foremost. And then he throws these out there. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not asking for that character trait if I get to design it. I'd like to walk around all day and be poor in spirit. Boy, Lord, how am I going to be an example for you? And he goes, no, 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 no. Poor in spirit equates to, in the Greek, humble. Poor in spirit means you aren't all about yourself. Poor in spirit means you're poor about your spirit. Humble yourself before others. And he even gives us examples in there. Moses. And, And we're not here to talk about all the different guys, but it's like Moses. Oh, my gosh, you could have been what? You were prince of Egypt? You got, how in the world did you end up here? You could have been Pharaoh. You, oh, you, you got, and, you cho- and you chose what? You chose, oh, to be a shepherd's servant. Oh, you chose to wander in the desert for 40 years while people mo- moan and groan about what your decisions are. You chose that over this? And, of course, we know the rest of the story. Oh, Moses, oh, became the leader of the greatest nation ever. Oh, Moses, who wrote five books of the Bible. Oh, Moses, who... Moses. Now, Moses wasn't Moses when he made those decisions. He was Moses, whoever that is. And we today look at that and go, wow, now there's a guy. There's a humble guy. Or how about this next one? Blessed are those who mourn. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'll walk around and mourn for people all day. Well, you want me to be a servant? I don't know if I'm up for that. No, what does mourn mean? Turn it into the Greek. It means compassion. You care more for others 
than yourself. Ooh, that's beginning to sound like a pretty cool trait. You'd like to be about other people's care over your own, compassionate for genuine, not just external, genuine. Wow, that's amazing. Who could we look at there? The Good Samaritan. Notice he doesn't even have a name. The Good Samaritan. Occupant, right? And what does he do? Oh, here's this road, this treacherous road, and oh gosh, don't go down there, you know, there's thieves and you'll get robbed and murdered and, and here goes a guy and what happens? He walks and he gets robbed. It's like, sure as, sure as heck, that's going to happen. His own people, shouldn't have, shouldn't have taken that hike. Here comes a Samaritan. Samaritan who in the eyes of those people is an untouchable. Don't go near a Samaritan. They're less than. What does this Samaritan do? He comes to the aid of this person. Finds him a place to stay. Make sure things are paid for. Make sure he gets plenty to eat. Make sure, wow. Now that's compassion. All of us in this room have been recipients at one time or another in our life of somebody who gave us some compassion. God's giving us just a little example here. This next one is is my favorite because it's like, as men, of course, we're not going to ask for this one. Blessed are the meek. I don't know too many guys that are walking around going, man, if I could have any character trait, it would be meek, right? Now, there goes Dave. Boy, is he a meek guy. No, 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 Lord. I'll serve, but no, no, no. No. Amazingly, and this is like, I need to read more of the word. When you take meek and you translate it in Greek, it means inner strength. And the example that God gives, that the Greeks gave, was a wild stallion who has all the strength that you and I could muster up for, wow, that, look at that horse, but is broken by its master. Now, once it's broken, it's still the strongest horse, but it only serves It only abides to its master. Now, ladies, you start thinking about guys that are in that kind of strength, that inner strength, and guys too. Now, there's a man. There's a man who has all the ability, all the power to do all kinds of things, but he does it for what is right. He does it for, I'm going to lay low here and do the right thing. I'm going to use all of this that God gave me for the right thing. Now there's a guy. There is somebody. Barnabas is a great example. Barnabas, who sells all of his property and gives it to the disciples. Wow, that's pretty cool in itself. But now here's Barnabas, who in his own right could have done all kinds of things. Barnabas walking with Paul, doing all Wow, this is great. What does Barnabas see? I see a conflict here. I see a problem. You know what? I'm going to step out of the way. I'm going to step out of the way and let Paul go his way, and I'll go with John Mark, and we'll do our discipling. We'll go the other way. Now, imagine how many people are introduced to Christ because Barnabas, all the ability to do what he could have done, chose to go a different way and guide in a whole different direction so how many people could come to know the Lord. I love this about the inner strength comment that, that in the Greek. It allows for the other person to retain their honor and dignity. They make movies about this stuff, guys. 
Isn't that amazing? It's like, wow, you are so strong that you even, you could play it, but you're going to back off and let the other person retain their honor and strength knowing full well you've got the power too. Almost sounds like God. Oh, I guess it is. And now here's the interesting thing. He's telling us, you can have this in you. The righteous and the pure, authentic. It translates to authentic. Job. Oh, he moaned and groaned and complained, but nobody had it as bad as Job, right? But Job saw it through. He was the real deal. All of us in this room know somebody who is the real deal. See see her over there? She's the real deal. That guy over there, he's the real deal. He'll struggle through, maybe even complain, but you know what? He finishes the race. He stays the course. He does what he needs to do in spite of the circumstances. I think that gets attached to integrity. You see all these things that are starting to go, yeah, that's in some of those people up there. Some of those people that I went, you know, there's something about that person. Yeah, God goes, those are my character traits that I equip you with. That's why you feel so drawn to them. You're drawn to them because I reside in you and those traits are there. No wonder we're drawn to them. No wonder we're drawn to them. The last one, make peace. Not make peace on your own. Make peace as in, Lord, I am willing to be used to make peace. And then God through you brings peace to the surroundings because you were simply able. It's not like you're the greatest, wow, I'm the UN rep here and I really know how to wheel and deal with people. It's like, Lord, use me. And suddenly God puts you in an environment. We need some peace. And suddenly peace comes about. Why? Because you simply step forward to say, I will. I will. All these character traits, God says, I put in you and I want you to go out and use them. He even says in Matthew 5.16, be the light. He even says, be the light. Be that. Just one condition here. Be the light that glorifies me. And see, that's where the world gets it twisted. Sure, I'll be the light. Dave, the light. Oh, Dave, boy, is he the light. Yeah, thank you, thank you. We're going to pass the offering bag, just the Dave Vaughn memorial. No, 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 no. God says, no, you, you, the light to glorify my kingdom. The light that glorifies. So everything that you do glorifies me. Now, you already know this is coming. You already know this is coming. You glorify God you glorify his kingdom by simply being willing, I wonder what he will do for you. And that's not the reason we do it. But you start looking at these people and see how they were blessed and how they were brought through things. It's a pretty amazing thing. And you realize God dwells within. It's that inner presence of God that's driving all of this. God is at work to will and to work within us. Philippians 2.13 says that. I will be in you. Do you ever think about that? God is in us. He is in you. This isn't something that I've got to go over here and see if I can find the Lord. Where are you? He's in you. And he has equipped you and I with everything we will ever need for anything. Think about the empowering nature of that and how that can change us. Look around. We could look anywhere in the world, anytime, and we could come up with, well, gee, we could come up with all kinds of names. But you could go present day and look around. You know what's really cool 
is we could have, I guess, the, uh, the, the health and all that, you know, the, the big volumes of all of that stuff that we have. You could have that many names around the world. The coolest thing on earth, we wouldn't recognize any of those names. They're just regular people. Like Moses when he was Moses. All those people doing those things in God's book. Going, those are my children. Those are the people that simply stepped up and said, I will. I think, bring it all the way down to Olive Branch. My gosh, we don't even need to leave the building. I'm looking around up here. I'm going, well, I see a lot of people in here that do a lot of different things. And I don't even know some of the things that you do. It's incredible. Or, or take something. to Take VBS. We just had VBS here. What, 200 and some odd kids? About as many volunteers? James Project. How many people? Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, children's ministry. I mean, we could just go on and on and on and go, how many people are serving God to glorify his kingdom in some way? The number is unbelievable. And each person, here's the coolest thing of all. Each person plays as a significant role as anyone else. As anyone else. There are, God, God is not about, okay, well, I have this top tier, then I have the middle tier. No. Wait a minute. It's God's plan and purpose. That means every one of us in this room have an assignment or assignments that he's already equipped. You're, you're good to go. All he's waiting for is... This sounds like a cool ride, Lord. Use me. However that is. And I, and I know you've already promised you'll equip and guide and do everything. You just, you just need a willing person. That's pretty empowering. And to realize it's God's promise, not just a, I hope it works out. But who receives the blessing? Who gets the blessing in this deal? Well, <laughs> we shouldn't be surprised, Right? Let's go back to VBS for a second. We're going to empty the auditorium, let you guys kind of all sit on the sides. I'm going to bring in all 200 kids that went to VBS. We're going to let them all sit right here in the middle. Gosh, look at that. What cute. Right? I'm going to start Mr. Microphone right here, and we're going to ask each one of them one question. Excuse me, young lady. Who was blessed during VBS? And that little girl, that little third grader, whatever, she says, I was. Well, thank you very much. Would you pass the mic? They probably want to, you know, hang on to it, sing it. But pass the mic. We go 200. It's like, wow, guys, you all hear that? These kids were blessed. Thank you very much. Please leave. Could we have the teachers and could we have everyone that volunteered at VBS? Would you have a seat? Let's pass the microphone around. Oh, guess what we're hearing? Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, who was blessed? Oh, you were well, that can't be because the kids that were just in here were blessed. We only have one blessing per activity. <laughs> so thank you, but wow, you all said the same. Thank you very much. Could we have the parents of the children? You know where this is going, right? I can't find any group to come in that wasn't blessed. And all of a sudden, it hits us like a brick in the forehead. God has got a plan and a purpose. Who receives the blessing? Anybody involved. Anybody. I only came in the evening and I set up some chairs. Yeah, and you know, because people came and they sat in those chairs, do you know what happened to those people that came and felt comfortable because somebody cared about it, at least having a chair? That little girl right there came to Christ because you set up a chair. You don't realize that and God will never tell you that. 
But guess what he knows? He knows your willingness will be used to promote his kingdom. We're talking about the power of God here. So don't sit and think, well, this is what he'll do and not do. God will do it all. He will do it all. Um, James Project. Uh, the wheelchair ramp. Oh, that group of men and women built that wheelchair ramp. Wow. Who was blessed more? The group that made the ramp or the person that used it? Or what about the neighbor across the street that looking out their window and is troubled by something going on in their family and happens to see a whole group of people just loving on each other and building this ramp and all celebrating and breaking bread or whatever, having lunch, and, and that person goes, wow, I didn't realize that existed in this world. And here's the James Project people have no clue that that person across the street is watching every single thing and having a life-changing moment. Just like me watching Sharmila, she's not walking down the hall because she goes, I hope my husband is watching so he will love me more. (laughs) Honey, are you awake? No, no, no. It worked because that's not what she was about. It worked because she made herself available to the Lord. And that's the awesome thing about God because that's how he works. You look at those beatitudes again real quick and you don't have to look there but there's an amazing thing the blessings aren't just the here and now I mean that blows our socks off if we have blessings here and now wow but what about the blessings that he also promises blessed are those who for they shall be sons be called sons of God blessed are those because they shall inherit the earth blessed are those because they shall receive the kingdom of heaven those are big deals. Blessed are they who carry out those characteristics, step forward, for they shall see God. They shall see God. You mean I'll be in his pre Yeah, for eternity. Those are pretty heavy-duty blessings. Gosh, Lord, what do I have to do for that? Be a servant. Be willing. Step forward. I'll do all the rest. So where are you and I? Where are you and I in that formula? Where are you and I in that process? Are we stepping forward? Am I in God's word enough that I can have that? I heard you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to me through your word. Am I in prayer? Am I listening as well as telling? Am I reaching out to other people? Am I involving myself somehow? in God's work to help glorify his kingdom, knowing that he will do all the work. He just wants me to be willing. We all need to think about that. We all need to check that every once in a while. And it doesn't matter if you're 63 or 23. It doesn't matter if I've been a Christian 38 years or you are brand new. God's promise is new right now. Imagine us doing that. And here's the other cool thing. Every night when I go to bed, I better not say that, most every night, I ask God to change me. Lord, make me be Christ-like. I would like nothing more than to be more like you, to be more of a godly man that my wife would look at me and go, there's a godly man. What is that worth? Oh my gosh. I pray for that every day. 
You know what God's telling me? Hey, the answer to your prayer is already there. All I need you to do is step up. All I need you to do is step forward, and I will guide and direct and fill and bless you in ways you could never create in an entire lifetime. That's that's our open invitation. Every day. We can't wait. We can't wait. We can't stop. The answer to our prayers, the answer to all is already within you. You're already equipped. You're already planned out and designed. God is already there. And he is ready to go. The next step is ours. It's ours. One final quick story and we'll we'll get everyone out of here. Those loving grandsons, when they were about, Ian now, this would just be a few months ago. Jace would be a couple years ago. Those two grandsons of mine. Down in San Diego where the kids live, once a week when we're down there, at a certain time on one morning, we hear this. When that sound comes, Papa had better be ready to grab both boys and exit out the door as fast as I can so that we don't miss the trash truck. Because the trash truck is everything. That trash truck pulls up in front of the house and it's like, can you hear that rumbling? And we watch that. And both boys are like, wow. He goes down the street, cul-de-sac, so we get a double, double shot here. When he turns and he drives by, he honks the horn and waves. I got two happy boys, right? Papa doesn't have to do anything. All I got to do is take them out and look at the trash truck, right? This is cool. I hope that that way and when they're 18 or 19. But it's interesting because in Corona, Charmila and I, once a week on Friday mornings, we have a trash truck go by our house. And I see the trash truck just like the boys see the trash truck. Only I see something different and God's allowed me to see this so that I would have a change of heart. See, the driver of that truck for the last 10 years has been a guy named Miguel. And I've talked to Miguel many times because he's there every week. Miguel is a Christian. Miguel is a husband. Miguel is a father of five girls, which puts him at sainthood right there. <laughs> right? He is a saint. But the interesting thing about Miguel, other than those things, is he is the, without a doubt, the happiest, most contented person I have ever met in my life. And there isn't even anyone a close second. I mean, I, I've asked Miguel, come on, no, fill, fill me in here, right? Miguel is Miguel. And to ask him that question, it's like, gosh, you seem so filled with God. And his answer is always the same. God blessed me with a job that I could feed and care for my family. And all I'm asked to do is provide a service that everyone needs. Is that not a blessing? That's Miguel. Now that makes me about this high when I hear that because I think, oh Lord, I'll never complain about anything again. But maybe there's people like Miguel in our lives to remind us of the significance of the importance of serving. 
and what God's plan is about it, not ours. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Lord God, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for listening to our prayers, and we thank you, Lord, for just all the things that we can lift up to you. Um, Thank you, God, for your patience as we go through this life and learning what you desire of us. And Lord, it's so simple. I just pray, Lord, that over this next, these next weeks that we would uh, grow in reading your word, in, in prayer, uh, in serving, Lord, and in reaching out to other people, Lord, that we would just be about that. We thank you. ask that you would bless the rest of our day with our families, and um, we just give the rest of this day to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.